Good morning, good morning, everybody. I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, another day with another great study. We're going to be continuing on where we left off in Luke chapter 10. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. And we're going to be picking up where we left off at verse 2. Now, previously, we had been talking about, um, about the harvest, what the harvest is, what the harvest is all about, and how we, we are seeing with uh, a lot of today's modernism, a lot of today's uh, watered down, washed out churchianity, we're seeing how the harvest is being wasted a wasted harvest, and that people are refusing to go out and speak up for the Lord, refusing to act upon their faith publicly. And uh, we talked about that in great depth, uh, really hammered that one home, so there's no need to really go over that one so much. If you want to know more about that, please go watch the previous broadcast. All right, so we're going to be picking up where we left off here in verse 2, talking again just a little bit uh, about laboring for the Lord and what it is specifically we labor in, what is the message that we carry, what is the manner in which we go. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, grab your tea, grab your coffee. We're going to be diving into the Word of God. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the topic at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away, be glad to hear from you. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you could just please hold that to the end of the study or to the next broadcast or to our Q&A so we can really get to it. Okay, so we're talking about the harvest and we're talking about souls. We're talking about laboring for the Lord and what is this all about? Now, there's a couple things I want to bring up today. I really want to focus on uh, recently I've had a lot of people across uh, multiple different platforms uh, over time and recently have been going on at me about the topic of repentance and some asking me what is it biblically and other people telling telling me and stating in my posts on instagram and seeing it other places where repentance is not required for salvation so Okay, we're going to take a look at that in con uh, in context of our study today. We're going to be going down to about, I don't know how far will we go. Uh, we'll see. Probably down to verse 16 or something. Now we're going to just kind of do a, a read through and then go back and comment on some certain things. This may not be an overly long study today. Um some of you are shouting amen. And uh, we're going to be <laughs> just taking a look. Just a few things here I just want to bring out. This is going to be kind of a review. Now, as we see in, in verse 1 of chapter 10, where Jesus gathers his disciples and sends them out. And sends them out. Now, what does he send them out for? What does he send them out for? Well, as we see, to go labor for the Lord and to preach the gospel, right? What is the gospel? What is the gospel? That's what we're going to be looking at. Okay, now, there's two messages that we see in, in this passage that we're going to be going on. Firstly, there's the message of 
believing faith for the laborers. Then there's the message of believing faith of salvation for the hearers, for those that the laborers are going to. There's a message of believing faith for the laborers and believing faith for the unsaved. And we're going to be looking at the, these two points that Jesus is going to be making here. And what can we learn from it? Okay, now. First thing first, got to gas up. All right, now. The Gospel of Luke is a letter. It's a letter where he is writing down the things that he remembers of his time with Christ, of the life of Christ, of walking with Christ, living with Christ uh, over the years of his ministry, being the disciple of Christ, the things that he's seen and heard. Now, the Gospel of Luke is a letter. You know what that signifies? Because we take a look, O Theophilus, or Luke is speaking to Theophilus and is sharing the good news with Theophilus. Does that mean that we could also share the good news by letters? You know, they did not have technology of social media back then. They had letters, but today we have we, we can write letters. We can also send digital letters. We can send emails, texts. We can phone call. Uh, there's all, all across social media, uh, many different forms and ways that we could share the gospel, just like Luke did back then. This this was their form of social media. So, in this as well, in sharing the gospel and laboring for the Lord, you can labor for the Lord in person. You can be an actual physical missionary. And you can go to other countries, other places, and go there and live there and and, and labor in the Lord and share the gospel there. You can be digital missionaries where you can go online and you can live in the manner uh, like that where every, every opportunity you have, every single person you might come across, you share the good news with them. You could be a, a local missionary. You don't even have to go anywhere to another country or place, but even in your own town, you could be your own local missionary where you live for the purpose of getting the good news out. Now, a missionary is one where they have given themselves mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit to live for the Lord, to share the good news, to labor in the harvest. Now, when you go to your work, you go to your work, you are a laborer. You labor for your boss, and you do the work that's required, and you work consistently, consistently, consistently until the time appointed, and you punch out, go home, and the next day, wash, rinse, repeat. Now, we labor for the Lord in, uh, in service and in charity and help and encouragement, edification to strengthen the saints and to guide the lost to Christ until the time appointed where it comes time to punch the clock and go home. Now, the harvest is ready and it's all around us. The work is here. Many people are shirking their duties, that they are on the job. They're here to serve for the Lord and to witness for Christ, but they're refusing to do as they're told. Now, 
Let's take a look at what Jesus says about the importance of this. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house ye enter first, uh, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall return to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. All right, so what's he talking about there? Okay, the first thing that, that you need to learn, as we see in verse 1, he's sending out his servants, uh, his disciples, and this is what he's telling them. That there's a lot of work to do, and there's going to be a lot of wolves. There's going to be a lot of wolves. As we see in verse 3, Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. We, we are not... Well, I know we've used the terms before, but it's just to talk about the, that the dogmatic uh, drive that we that we should keep pressing on. But the context of Scripture shows us we're, we are lambs, we're sheep. Now, if we take a look at a lamb, a lamb doesn't bite. A lamb is not violent. A lamb is not aggressive. Lambs are completely dependent on someone else to help them and protect them. Lambs are very gentle. And it says we're lambs amongst wolves. What do wolves do to lambs? Eh, they chew them up. They rip them to pieces. They hunt them down. They're mistreated by the wolves. Right. In this world you shall suffer persecution. You shall suffer tribulation. They'll hate you because of me. They'll persecute you and oppress you and they'll hate you and they'll despitefully use you. Right. Some will even think that they're doing God's service by killing you. Okay. They'll hate you because of me. Now, how do you handle that? Render not evil for evil. Speak evil of no man. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. And on and on. Like a lamb? Right. Now, why? Now, this is the question. So many people have asked the question, why? Why don't we fight back? Well, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. The point of purpose is, as a lamb, is completely dependent upon the shepherd, upon others, so should we. That we would be willing to give up our desire of fighting back. We'd be willing to give up our desire of pushing back, chirping back, hitting back, uh, chewing, spitting back. We're not wolves. We're not fighting dogs. We're not war dogs. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't chirp back. We don't spit back. We're lambs amongst wolves. That mentality. That mentality. Because here's the thing. How can you represent Christ-likeness if you're cursing back? How can you represent Christ-likeness if you're hitting back? 
How can you represent Christ's likeness if there's no difference between you and the world? We're lambs amongst wolves. We're a light in the dark world. We are of the world, but we, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So now in this, we see learning to walk by faith, live by faith, trust by faith, speak by faith. We've gone over this in many different ways. The Lord keeps impressing upon us the importance of thinking, speaking, working, walking, living by faith. Now, what, what does that mean? What does that mean to go by faith in all that you do? That in everything that you do, do all to the glory of God. What does that mean? That means I have nothing of myself in this. That it's all of the Lord. That I want to go and work for the Lord. He'll provide the way. He'll give the provisions. He'll make the way. He'll give me the words. He'll give me the strength. He'll open the doors. He'll bring the people. He will fight for me. He'll protect me. It's all of him, none of me. All of him and none of me. Even when it comes to dealing with wolves. It's not my wisdom. It's not my intellect. It's not my strength. It's not my weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Go your way. Behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. Carry neither purse nor script. Now, what does he mean by this? Now, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes and salute no man in the way. What does he mean by this? Don't worry about provision. Don't worry about provisions. Don't worry about the money as the purse as as they, they used to carry you know the little leather pouch with the coins and stuff um don't worry about money don't worry about money nor script don't even worry about what to say i will give thee the words with which to say in the very same hour i will teach thee what thou shalt say i will be with thy mouth I will put in your heart my words. The Comforter will cause you to be in remembrance of everything whereunto I have told you. Don't even worry about it. Nor shoes. Worry, uh, don't even to worry about how, how ye ought to be clothed, as he says. Look at the grass of the field. Look at the lilies. They don't worry about it. The, uh, the, Lord, uh, the Lord will provide for you. Don't even worry about what to wear. Don't worry about what to eat. Don't worry about what to drink. He'll provide. Now, in this, how many people live like that? Not many. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, peace be to this house. Not even to worry about where you're going. Now, the Lord will provide the substance. He'll provide all that's required. It's like going to the job. Let's say you get hired for a job. You go to the job and there's no equipment. The boss is standing there 
And the boss says, okay, I need you to go and buy all the tools. I need you to go and buy all the all the supplies. I need you to get all the all, everything that's that's necessary, all the equipment, all the heavy equipment. I need you to get the work vehicle. I need you to What kind of job is that? But you see, that's the way a lot of Christians treat the faith. A lot of Christians think that we have to provide all of the substance we have to make the way we have to hack our way through the jungle and make the paths we have to go and find the people we have to go and learn all of the wisdom and intellect and and, and figure everything out we have to do all the stuff no that's not what the lord said the lord says he'll provide it all now Contrary to the vast majority of Christians' opinions and how you go about laboring for the Lord, it's the complete opposite end of the scale. The Lord calls you in for a work, and he has literally everything. He has the equipment. He has the supplies. He has the food, the drink. He has the maps, the directions, the instructions. He has even the very script that you need to say. He has everything laid out perfectly. He says, don't, have, don't even worry about it. I've covered it. There's nothing you could possibly think of that I haven't covered. I got it all. It's all right here. All I need you to do is go and do it here okay here's your script this is what you need to say here's the direction here's the instruction here's the supplies here's the protection here's the vehicle here's the gas here's the keys here's the everything oh and by the way i'll also be with you everywhere you go you will never be alone and if you have any questions i'm right here don't even worry about it i'm with you whithersoever thou goest i will never leave thee nor forsake thee Oh, and you can never be fired. Job security. Some say that almost sounds too good to be true. But that's what God said. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, he provides literally everything, not even to worry about it. Go by faith. I'll provide. If you, if you desire to go, I'll provide it. I just need you to go. But, but where? Okay, where are some people around you that would need to hear the word of God? Whether saved or unsaved, doesn't matter. Go find people to talk to. It doesn't matter who it is. Find some people to talk to about the word of God. Go and talk. You're not the convictor. I am, the Lord says. You're not the one that saves. I am, the Lord says. All I need you to do is just say these words. That's it. I'll do all of the rest. I'll do the building. Not you. You're, you're not the builder. I'm the builder, the Lord says. I just need you to talk. 
I need you to be a voice. And then I'll convict. I'll draw. I'll save. I'll build. Okay. Go. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be to this house. Go to the people. Find the people who are willing to hear. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall return to you again. What's he talking about? And if, if people are willing to hear you, great. Bless them in the name of the Lord. If they're not willing to hear you, you can't bless them. Leave. And if, and, and in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Go, go not house to house. Now, what does that mean by that? Okay. So as you're going, and people may invite you in, and they may bless you and help you and provide for you. Now, what does he mean by this? That for the laborer is worthy of his hire. If you go worrying not anything whatsoever, the Lord will actually provide for you. People will happen to come along who will want to help you, want to bless you, want to even give you some things to help you on your way maybe even give you a place to stay for the night they may give you some food or some money or some direction or whatever or some encouragement don't worry about it what does he mean by going out from house to house don't go deliberately looking for support Ooh, i'm just gonna throw that one out there now that's something that a lot of missionaries and evangelists don't understand. Now, I am in no way, no way, shape, or form, meaning to put down, speak against any missionary or evangelist. But, we see a big, big big problem today and that is with missionaries and preachers and evangelists who want to go out and serve the lord that they that it is impressed upon them by the bible schools and the vast majority of churches that you cannot go out into the ministry or the mission field until you get enough support you need to go out and you need to go from church to church to place to place and drumming up support a bit before you go Go not from house to house. That's what that means. Don't go deliberately trying to drum up support. That if, that if someone wants to support you, they'll come to you. You don't go to them. Now, why? Why? Why is that, a, why is that an issue? Well, why, why should you not? Because that shows you have not faith. You are trying to find the support. You're not trusting the Lord to provide it. Living by faith means... You don't even worry about it. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to you. That if you get a whole bunch of people wanting to support you, great. And if not, oh, well, I'm not worried about it. They'll bring manna from the sky. Water come from a rock. They'll send the ravens with bread and meat in their beaks. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. That's what that means. The Lord will provide it. They will come to you. You don't go deliberately looking for it. You don't even ask for it. You don't even ask for it. They'll come to you. They will offer. The Lord puts it on the hearts and minds of others. You don't ask for it. 
But, but what do you see today? You see a lot of people trying to play the guilt card by guilt-tripping people into guilting them into giving money. Sow a seed of money, sowing a seed of money, sowing a seed of money. They get the PayPal me links and cash me link apps in their bios and everything else. And every uh, second breath is sow a seed of money or some other thing and begging for money. They got the big donate now flashing buttons on their websites and all that kind of stuff. That that That's completely, completely contrary to what the Lord said right here. What did what did Paul say about this? Didn't Paul say something rather pointed and important, kind of addressing this exact thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 9? Oh yeah, yeah, he did. In verses 16 to 18. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Preach the gospel of Christ without charge. It doesn't guilt people into having to give things in return for his service. He doesn't even bring it up. That if people provide, great. If they don't, oh well. It's up to the Lord. The Lord does it all. I don't even mention it. What does that also show? What does it also show? Faith. 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 But what do you see so many people doing? Worried about money. Well, if I go and, and if I quit my job and go to want to serve the Lord, how will I provide for, how can I, how can I pay the bills? How can I provide for my family? Oh, what do I do? People have no faith. So many of the churches are absolutely faithless. They say they believe, but they don't. They worry about their purse and script and shoes and money and food and everything else and they have no faith no faith they say they love the lord but in works dishonor him they say they say they love the lord but they don't trust him they say they love the lord and they believe the lord but they're not willing to step out for him they care more about their bellies they care more about their bank accounts and that's what we talked about the other day. The great issue that comes into the churches where the Lord says it again and again and again and again all down through the scriptures. Even look at the Old Testament. How many times did he provide for Israel? How many times did he provide for the Jews in the wilderness? How many times did he, did he provide for them? And how many times did they bellyache and gripe and be faithless and unbelieving? And that's what we see all throughout the scriptures. The Lord just wants you to trust him. You call him God, for so he is, then why don't you believe him to be so? If God said, sorry, since God said to go into all the world to preach the gospel, did he give exceptions? Go and preach the gospel un unless you you're not doing the best or unless you know you, you're worried about you know substance and and you know if the economy's not the greatest or unless you know this is going on circumstances and no 
no it, it doesn't matter go and preach the gospel there's no exceptions go and preach the gospel there's nothing you could possibly say that could make you exempt to that now the laborer is worthy of his hire and what is that the reward the reward for service what 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 is our hire what is what is our payment in return luxuries million dollar bank accounts no no your reward is the lord keeps putting enough gas in your car so you can keep going the reward is if the lord providing the substance you need just that you need so you can keep going the lord will always provide just enough of just what you need so you can just keep going that that's what's worthy that's what we deserve the Lord provides we're speakers of the Lord he'll give you a voice in words you need a direction to go he'll point on the map he's not going to pour upon you the riches of Solomon like like Kenneth Copeland and Joel Osteen seem to think it's not about that it's not about having your best life now and you becoming a god like Stephen Furtick and all the rest of them say and Todd White. It's not about going around and, and becoming world famous mystic healers like Todd White and all the rest. No, it's about going and preaching the gospel and living by faith. It's not about building up huge giant mega churches. No, it's not about that. Now what do we do with people who may oppose whether even even uh, profess christians who may look down on what i'm trying to do ignore them what do i do about the peers and the enemies ignore them what do i do about the wolves ignore them let them rave on so that men shall know them mad <laughs> my favorite line from the old movie the ten commandments with charlton heston it, it, one of my favorite lines i love using that one just let them rave on so that men shall know them mad uh, that line fits so perfectly with, with with what we're talking about in ministry you're going to get a lot of people uh, raging at you you're going to get a lot of people opposing you a lot of people cursing you a lot of people telling you you're wrong a lot of people telling you you need to go and do this you, you need to do that you no no my conscience is clean i have a job to do He's given me my marching orders. That's all I care about. And anyone who gets in the way, I'm ignoring them. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to chirp back. I'm not going to curse back. If they don't like it, tough. This is what I'm doing. This is what God told me to do. And all I care about is pleasing the Lord. I'm not here to please men. I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please God. <clears throat> now, what is it that we do in treating other people? How do we go about it? What about martyrdom? What about people who may oppose and hate and fight? Verse 8, Luke 10, verse 8, And into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. What is the kingdom of God? 
For as we see the first sermon that Jesus preached in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, and Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. All right. The kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? Before you, right in front of you. It's right here, right now. Here it is. Okay, well, what is that? Salvation. Salvation. It's not riches. It's not health, wealth, power, and prosperity. It's not having your best life now. It's salvation. It's being born again saved. It's having your name written down the Lamb's book of life. It's inheriting the kingdom of God. That which is of God that is given you by believing faith. That's what the kingdom of God is. To tell them the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. But into whatsoever city ye enter and they receive you not... Go your way out into the streets of the same and say, Even the very dust of your city which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. And those that want to hear it, those that don't want to hear it, you tell them the same message. The kingdom of God is here. Now, what is that? How can I inherit the kingdom of God? How can I be a part of the kingdom of God? What is the first step to enter the kingdom of God? You must be born again saved. You must be born again saved. You must be born again. As Jesus says in John chapter 3. Let's go over to John chapter 3. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, how can I be born again? As Nicodemus says. And Jesus answered, Very, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Born again. When you're born physically, born of blood, of water, you must be born of spirit. How can I be born of spirit? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. How? And that's what we're going to get into. People who will hear it, people who don't want to hear it, need to hear the same message. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they are. But I say unto you that it should be more tolerable in, the, in, the, in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works, for if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it should be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shalt be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Now, here's the whole point. People will hate you for what you're preaching. They will oppose you and, and uh, disparage you. But it's not you they're attacking. They will hate you because of me. That's because the message you're preaching is the exact same message that Jesus said. What's the very, the very same first message that Jesus ever preached? Repent. 
and believe the gospel. Okay, Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Repent and believe the gospel. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born again? To be changed, made new, redeemed, bought out. Now, a lot of people get this messed up. A lot of people think it's just believing in Jesus. Just believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. No, you'll believe in Jesus all the way to hell. The question comes down to why. Why am I believing in Jesus? Why do I need to believe in Jesus? Saved from what? Salvation from what? Redeemed from what? Why was I not going to heaven in the first place? Why did Jesus need to come and die on the cross? Die for what? Shed his blood for what? Why do I need to believe in that? That without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Okay. It all comes down to sin. It all comes down to sin. People say, well, repentance is just, uh, uh, just changing your mind. Just changing your mind. It's a bit more than that. It's a bit more than that. You see, repentance is the heart state acknowledgement of the sin state. You see, a lot of people think that repentance is a work. No, that's Catholic. Working at repentance to earn your salvation. No, 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 no. That's Catholic repentance is not biblical repentance. To repent means to turn. And all the Armenians freak out. Repentance means to turn. You go by the picture of I'm driving down the road and I'm real and I realize I'm going the wrong way. I should be going that way, but I'm going that way. So what do I do? I stop, turn around, go the other way. Well, you just, that's actions, that's works. No, 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 no. It's of the heart and mind. I see my sin. I see the cross. I see my condemnation, my judgment, the wrath of God. I see how, how horrible I am in my sin state. My sins have separated me from God. Jesus Christ can save me from my sins by his death, shedding of blood, his burial, resurrection, that he came for me because he so loved me. I see this. I understand this. I, I believe that this is true. Lord Jesus, save me from my sins. Forgive, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins and I believe the gospel. That's what that is. Repentance of sin is absolutely 100% mandatory for salvation. Otherwise, saved from what? Salvation from what? Redeemed from what? What, what did Jesus come for? How can you be saved from your sins if, you, if you're not willing to turn from your sins? If you're not willing to ask the Lord to save you from your sins? If you're not even acknowledging your sins, though, save from what? Save from what? You are not saved by just saying a prayer. 
you're not saved by just believing in Jesus. Why are you believing in Jesus? For what purpose? There needs to be understanding. There needs to be knowledge. There needs to be comprehension of the gospel message that of why he came, why he went to the cross, why he shed his blood, why he had to die, why he had to rise again. For what reason, why, how, and all the rest of that. If there's no knowledge of the gospel, no understanding and comprehension of the gospel, then what makes you think you're saved? Because I said words, I said a prayer. The, the, the sinner's prayer doesn't save you. The sinner's prayer doesn't save you. Repenting and believing the gospel does. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? How can a person be saved if they don't even understand what they were saved from? How could a person be saved if they don't even understand what they're being saved from and why? If they don't even understand who Jesus is. They don't understand the importance of the gospel, what Jesus did, and why. If there's no knowledge of this, how can they be saved if they just, you know, one, two, three, repeat after me, just regurgitated some words? There needs to be understanding. Repent and believe the gospel. We take a look at Luke chapter 13. Let's skip ahead to Luke chapter 13 and look at verses 3 and 5. Jesus says in verses 3 and 5 of Luke 13, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Verse 5, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Then we look at Acts chapter 3. Jesus said it. Now, what does Paul say in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 and 20? Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. What are they repenting from for? Repent ye therefore and be converted. Converted from what? Why? How? Conversion from what? From their sins stay. From their sins. Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. That's the spirit of Christ that comes and dwells in the heart of every believer. And God commands all men everywhere to repent. That's what scripture says. God commands all men everywhere to repent. Okay, well, what is repentance? That's the, the cry of the heart, the desire of the heart, the understanding of the heart and the mind. That's the comprehension, the acknowledgement of who I am, what I am in my sins. I see my sins and how bad my sins are and how my sins condemn me. And Christ came to save me from my sins. So I turn to the Lord from my sins and I ask him to save me from my sins. That's not works. Anyone who says that's works has absolutely no idea what the gospel is. They have no idea what repentance is. People say, well, repentance isn't required. They have no idea what repentance is. They have no idea what, what salvation is. Repentance isn't works. Never was. 
is not, and ever will be. But repentance is required, and except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And if you're believing in Jesus, and you don't believe you need to repent, you're going to perish. That's what the Bible flat out said. Except you repent. Many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord. There's a lot of people believing in Jesus, but wrongly. There's only one way, one truth, one life. There's only one gospel. There's only one, one way to get to heaven. There's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of other ways that will not get you there. So, okay. Well, a lot of people say that vice. Uh, a lot of people say that uh, that repentance isn't required. Repentance isn't necessary. I don't need to repent. I just need to believe in Jesus. But Jesus, God in the flesh, said, "Repent and believe the gospel. Except you repent, you shall likewise perish." God, His Holy Spirit, told His servants what to write and told them to write down. That God commands all men everywhere to repent. The Spirit of God told Paul to write, Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So how can we say repentance isn't required when the Bible's full, 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 from Genesis to Revelation, full of teachings and doctrine of the importance of repentance. Now there's repentance for salvation. And then there's the, the save, that when you're born again saved, you can't lose your salvation. Your salvation is not hinged upon works or anything. Your salvation is assured. Once saved, always saved. But then there's walking in, in penitence. That's walking in a repentant heart of the broken heart, of a heart that loves the things of God. Now, as I said, repentance is the acknowledgement that you're a sinner turning from your sin in desire to want to be saved and now that you're born again saved the lord will help you and teach you and instruct you and help you to understand the difference between the holy and the profane and this is where you start to see things change in their life and because they want to and the lord puts upon them conviction and your salvation is not hinged upon the works of righteousness but the works of righteousness is because you love the lord if you love me you'll keep my commandments that which is a false repentance, the false belief, is that you must keep repenting to earn your salvation, that your salvation is hinged upon your keeping repentance. No, that's the law keepers and the workspace salvationists. A repentant heart sees their state of sin and seeks salvation from their sin. And for the saved person, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, even Jesus Christ the righteous. Why would you be going to Jesus if you sin? Because you love him and you're sorry for what you did. And, and if any man sin, he's a, he is our advocate. How does he work advocacy for us? Because we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, this is what I did. I'm sorry for this. And he steps in place and says, it's okay. I've already paid for that. I forgive you. Come on, get up. Let's keep going. He's a mediator, our advocate, a redeemer. Now, this section here in Luke chapter 10 is, is the exact parallel passage. It, it pairs exactly with Matthew, uh, where is that? Matthew chapter 10. 
Matthew chapter 10. And we go down and we see the same thing again in verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass for your purses, nor, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Same thing he's telling them. And how many times did Jesus do this? Many times, actually. A number of times. He would teach his disciples and then send them out. And another time he would teach his disciples and send them out. And another time he would teach his disciples and send them out. And again and again and again and again, impressing upon them the importance of walk by faith, live by faith, worry not, and they just go, just tell them the same message, the same gospel to the same people, and if they receive you, great, and if not, oh well, go your way. And to whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire in it who is worthy, and there abide till you go thence, and when you come into an house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come, come upon it, but if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you, and whatsoever... And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verse 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, and harmless as doves. Again, and again, and again, it's the same thing. Again, and again, it's the same gospel. Again, and again, it's all about sin. And again, and again, the Lord needs us to go and tell them. It's the same message it's the same work it's the same thing why do people think it's so hard it's not it's that people care more about their belly their god is their belly they care more about their belly and their lusts and their vanities and their luxuries more than they care about lost souls they're so afraid of the wolves that 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 the that the lambs are putting putting on wolf skins, you know wolves generally put on the sheep skin, but now the sheep are putting on wolf skins. And trying to blend in. We're inundated with people who say they love the Lord, they believe in Jesus, but they haven't even the foggiest clue how to speak the gospel. They don't know scripture. To prove the deity of Christ. They don't know scripture to even walk someone through how to be born again saved. They don't even know how to witness the gospel. How do those people know that they're saved in the first place? If you do not know how to explain Jesus or the gospel by scripture alone, how do you know that you're saved? Seriously, it's more than just believing in Jesus. Catholics believe in Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses believe in Jesus. Seventh-day Adventists believe in Jesus. The Mormons believe in Jesus. Muslims believe in a Jesus. So do the Hindus and Buddhists believe in a Jesus. How do you know you're believing in the right Jesus? And how do you know you're believing according to the scriptures? I see the Lord needs us to go and tell them and warn them and instruct them and show them. He that heareth you, heareth me. He that heareth you, heareth me. Verse 16. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Because this message is of God. Jesus taught it. 
And anyone who would change the gospel is not speaking the words of God. Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel and you'll be saved. Anyone who would try to change that, modify that, is not speaking the words of God. This is what scripture says. How can we say this is not true? How can we say that this is not the case? Now, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. God commands all men everywhere to repent. Now, why? Now we go over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, we look at 18 to 21. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You're redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Just as John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which will take away the sin of the world. Repent from what? Well, we're repenting of your unbelief. Unbelief is sin. The Bible says unbelief is sin. Now, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Philippians 2, 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself unto death and became and became obedient to the death of the cross. Now, he gave himself to the cross. Why? That the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Okay, so we are all sinners. Now we understand that. All have sinned, all are fallen away, all have become corrupt. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Okay, so we're corrupted, damned, condemned sinners. Okay, this is who we are. Now, Acts 3.19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted. Repenting of what, from what, why? Converted. It means to be completely changed. Change of heart, mind, soul, and body. Jesus himself said, except ye repent, shall likewise perish. So 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. What's this passage talking about? Salvation salvation as we come out of the darkness into the light how by confession of sin it's what it says that's literally what it says so it's not of our own works it's not works 
as we know by Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Titus 3, 5, Galatians 2, 16, it's not of works, not of righteous works, not by works of the law. It's none of us in any way, shape, or form. It's by grace, through faith, are ye saved. It's a gift of God. Not of works, as any man should boast. Isaiah 64, verse 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And God so loved us that he made a way for us to be saved from our sins. So how can we be born again saved? John chapter 3. Let's go over to John chapter 3. Now, we all know this, but do we truly know it? Do we truly understand it? Verses 15 to 18. John three fifteen to 18. And whosoever believeth in him shall, should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And people say, see, but right there, in that passage, it doesn't say anything about repenting. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he have to send his only begotten son? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But, but why did Jesus have to die and shed his blood? For what reason? What purpose? Why? And why do I need to believe in him? Believing in him? Why? For what purpose? What reason? Uh, what, why was I not going to heaven in the first place? Why do I need to believe in Christ to be able to go to be with the Lord? Uh, what state was I in in the first place? What is the whole purpose, meaning, reason of the whole entire thing? Sin. So what is causing me? What reason? What purpose? What is... The, everything that, that encompasses the reason of why I'm believing in him in the first place. Because I see I'm a sinner. Christ died for my sins. I need to be saved from my sins. So I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved from my sins. What is that called? Repentance unto salvation. That's what scriptures say. That's repentance unto salvation. It's not works. It's the heart state acknowledgement of the sin state. Except ye repent, you shall likewise perish. You know, he also said that. Jesus also said that, as well as Jesus also said this. So how could you say repentance isn't, isn't necessary if Jesus flat out said, except ye repent, you shall likewise perish. And Jesus also said believe. They go together. He also said in Mark 1.15, repent and believe the gospel. What is the gospel? This, all of this that I've been saying, this is the gospel, the good news that you can be born again, saved from your sins. Scripture promises salvation to all those who believe in Jesus Christ and salvation cannot be lost or taken away. Now, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And what verses 10 to 13. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Who's the witness? What's the witness? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. 
He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. How can you know? Because you've seen your sin, you've understood that, you've seen who Jesus is and what he did, and you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. And scriptures say, God who cannot lie says you will be saved, and you have the witness in yourself. You can know that you have eternal life, you can know. Here's a question, folks, here's a question. Could someone please answer in the comments, you know, just, you know, if I could lose my salvation or have it taken away, or if it could be lost or taken away in any way, shape, or form, could I say that I know that you may know that you have eternal life? Do I have, could I possibly have absolute assurance of salvation if, if it could be lost or taken away in any way, shape, or form? Is there assurance of salvation if it could be lost or taken away in any way, shape, or form? No. There, there would be absolutely no assurance of salvation if it could be lost or taken away. So therefore, if it could be lost or taken away in any way, shape, or form, since it can't be, it can't be lost, it can't be taken away in any way, shape, or form, because verse 13, 1 John 5, 13, that ye may know, right there, that verse, right there, 1 John 5, 13, right there, utterly refutes that salvation could be lost or taken away, that ye may know. How can you know? Because you've believed. So that's right there, because you believed. Believe in the name of the Son of God and you'll be saved. Acts 10, 43. You believe in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm saved. Right there. Proves it right there. So salvation, the gospel, the work. Go back to Luke chapter 10. The gospel of salvation is the kingdom of God. This gift of God is the kingdom of God. He gives of himself. He gives of himself. His spirit that lives in the heart of every believer. Why are you believing? So what is the labor then? As we go back to verse 2, the, the, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. The, the, what, what are we laboring in? The gospel. The gospel, the same message that Christ preached, the same message that the prophets preached, the same message that the apostles, the early church preached. It's the same message, same work. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing's new. It's the same work since the very beginning. You're saved by grace through faith, by believing trust. Believing trust in the Lord. 
and we go down through through this and we help people to understand like Cain and Abel. Abel brought forward a lamb of the flock. He was a shepherd, brought forth a lamb of the flock and sacrificed it unto the Lord for the atonement of his sins. Cain was a farmer and he brought the works of his hands and he brought it up and the Lord rejected Cain's sacrifice, the works of his hands, and accepted Abel's sacrifice, which was by faith because it was nothing of him. The Lord brought the lamb forth. The Lord raised the lamb up. The Lord created the lamb. The blood came from the creation of God, not from the works of my hands. So the Lord accepted Abel's sacrifice because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. It's not my blood. It's not my blood, sweat, and tears. It's Christ's. We show people Jesus Christ. We show people how Jesus Christ did all the work. He did all the atonement. He said it is finished. And Jesus says, now repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We preach the same message. We tell people you must be born again. It's not by works. It's not by righteous works. Not by works of the law. And all others are false Christ, false apostles, deceitful workers, preaching damnable heresies to deceive people against the Christ of Scripture. We show them the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of self. It's not of me, lest any man should boast it's a gift of God. It's not of righteous works, not by religiosity or traditionalism. It's not of anything I do. It's not of physicality. It's not of materialism. It's not anything I could see or do. It's of the belief of the heart. Romans 10, 9 to 10. Let's go take a look. Romans 10, 9 to 10. How could we say otherwise? How could we say this is not the case? If this is all what scripture says, how could we refute it? How could we say, yeah, but to scripture? If God says it, if God shows it, that's what it is. And anyone who would say otherwise is not of God. They're preaching deceptions and delusions. Twistings of scripture. Romans 10, 9 to 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart. So there's two steps here. A confession of that which you know. Because we also want to pair with this. Hold your finger here for a second. Go over to Hebrews. We'll come back to this. Go over to Hebrews chapter 6. Verses 4 to 6. We see here the work of the Holy Spirit of God upon people, what the Holy Spirit of God does. You want to pair that with John 16, verse 8. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He will bring enlightenment to the heart and mind, a taste of the light of the glorious gospel, a taste of the good word, understanding, comprehension, enlightenment of this. You see it, you get it, you understand it. And then you confess the belief of the heart. You see it, you get it, you understand it. There's knowledge, comprehension, enlightenment of the truth. I believe it. I see it, I get it. I see how I'm, a, how I'm a sinner. I see who Christ is and what he did for me. I repent. Lord, forgive me. Save me from my sins, I believe. Confess the belief of your heart. Confess in your mouth. Shall believe in thine heart. 
that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That salvation is of Christ and not of me. He did all the work. He shed his blood and died, was buried, rose again the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 4. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see it, you get it, you confess it, you're saved. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why are you calling upon the name of the Lord in the first place? Sin. Why did Jesus have to die, shed his, shed his blood and die, was buried, and rise again for salvation from sin? Why did he come in the first place? Because he so loved us, because he, he wanted to make a way for us to be saved, because he so loved us, because we can't save ourselves, because we've been separated from God by our sins. The laborer of the harvest is the witnesser of the work of Christ. We witness of Christ, we speak of Christ, it's all about Christ, for the glory of Christ alone. It's by grace, through faith, are you saved, but not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about righteous works, but by his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, he does the washing and the changing and the saving and the sealing and the redeeming and all the work. He does it all. Nothing of me, nothing's left up to me. I just need to repent and believe the gospel. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there you go. That's what it's all about. Alright, let's go back up to the top of the comments here. Alright. And Vice has a point here. Well, we've gone over that before. Yes, exactly. It talks about how all will have to give an account for those things which they have done um they'll be judged for their sins uh how can babies give an account of the things that they have done in their bodies they can't they don't know anything the bible also shows that babies toddlers children the mentally handicapped when they die they go to be with the lord they are innocent they have no knowledge of anything they have no knowledge of anything they don't understand they're innocent scriptures show that okay uh going down through Okay, Paris Vaughn says, a lot of people label repentance as a work so they can avoid repenting. It's act of rebellion. True, true, very true. Um, okay, going down through the comments. And Paris Vaughn says, people make it complicated. It's not complicated in the Bible. It's black and white. Exactly. People just learn to just believe what it says and stop trying to twist it up. Okay. All right, going down through. You're talking about different apps and ways of memorizing scripture. Yep, yeah, there's lots of different ways. It's breaking it down. It's doing bit by bit and it's coming it to memory. And I put it as the same way. How do you memorize songs on the radio? How do you memorize your favorite uh, sports team statistics? It's the exact same way you memorize scripture. How do you memorize how to uh, all the different things and details of your job? How do you how do you commit to memory and heart of how you go about your job? Repetition. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, just look at it in that manner. 
Okay, and uh, going down through, and no, no one's stupid. No one's stupid. False gods are stupid. False gospels are stupid. That's what's stupid. All right, uh, going down through. Okay. Okay, Vice says, uh, I've noticed preachers in some churches only hang out with people who sell money. Oh, yeah, we're talking about, you know, it's not about money or that kind of thing. Yeah, not to worry about it. Yeah. It's because their god, their god is their belly, and uh, their god is mammon, is money and wealth. The love of money is the root of all evil. Yep. Okay, go on. Okay, Vice says, let the rave on. But what if unbelievers cast other Christians' tongues on you? Like, I try to talk about Christ, but they say my God condones slavery. But no, that just shows their ignorance. That just shows their ignorance. Uh, they've never studied the scriptures. They've never actually read it. They may have glanced at the odd cherry-picked passage and never actually looked into it and studied it. They're just speaking raging ignorance. Um, yeah, two plus two equals chicken to them. So uh, ignore their rate, their rantings and ragings and ravings. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. Okay, um... Okay, going down through. Device says repentance is knowing your sins and turning away. How can someone say it's not repent? Oh, yeah, answered that. Yep. Um, and then yeah, and at the end, okay. Vice says, what? Uh, what about some who say faith is a work? They're wrong. <laughs> the, the the very meaning of faith itself, as Scripture says, that. Uh, the uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Scripture flat out says that. that faith is believing trust. That's what faith literally is. It's believing trust. That as Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's faith. Faith. How do you know your spouse loves you? You hope. It's believing hope, believing trust. It, it is, you know, there's evidence there. That there's evidence there. And what is the evidence that Christ loves us? The cross, all the work, the atonement. He did it for us because he loved us. Okay, you be, you believe in him. The believing trust, believing hope. That's faith. Faith isn't works. Faith isn't works. Faith is never works, never will be works. No, it never has been works. People who say faith is works, they don't know what faith is. People who say repentance isn't required, they don't know what repentance is. People who say that we're saved by law-keeping, they don't understand what grace is. So, repent and believe the gospel. You're saved by grace, your faith, by belief alone, and the Lord God, Jesus Christ alone. It's this, So you would take questions like that. People say, well, what about those that say faith is works? You put that in the exact same literal category about what about people who say Jesus was just some lesser prophet? It's the same logic, the same minds who don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, who try to strip Jesus of his deity. You put that in the same category as they literally do not understand what they are even talking about. Like I said, to them, two plus two is chicken. So don't even worry about it. Uh, they're ignorant but you know you know what the truth is you know what the scriptures say so what are you gonna do about it 
So it comes down to this, as we see in Luke here. The labor of the Lord is the labor of love. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Why do I need to preach the gospel? Because people need to hear it. You preach the gospel to Christians and to the unsaved. Why would I need to preach the gospel to Christians? They're already saved. To remind them of where they came from. To remind them of the whole purpose. To remind them of what is important and what is not. It's a reality check. And to remind them of that which encourages us. Because when we remember Jesus and what he did for us, what he saved us from, it encourages us. The gospel is an encouragement and edification for the saints. And it is absolute hope of salvation to the lost. It is so important. And if people are getting bored with the gospel, it shows there's something severely wrong with them. If people get tired of hearing it, there's something seriously wrong with them. Either, either they're goats, wolves, or rats. And people who don't want to hear the gospel, as the scriptures hath said, as the scriptures say, depart from them. Leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. They're going to fall in a ditch. You don't want them to drag you down. So, what are we laboring for? What is the harvest? What is the kingdom of God? And, and what can I do about it? So that's what this has been about. So if you appreciate these studies, please give this a like, give this a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icons. You know, we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We get tons and tons of other content and as well as our website. It's always mirrored. I can't, I never remember it's mirrored. As well as our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We got tons of links over there as well to other platforms and other goodies and stuff. We got free downloadable PDFs of gospel tracks over there as well. You print them off and hand them out. It's all free. So make sure you take advantage of that and check out all our other playlists here on our YouTube channel. The playlist, according to the Bible, I got a number of videos in there about Jesus, about repentance, about the gospel, and a bunch of other uh, biblical doctrines there. I walk you through and show you all about it. I got another playlist, uh, Evangelism and Witnessing. Check that out as I walk you through and, and show you and teach you how specifically to evangelize. How do you go, go about this and different techniques and tricks and stuff and, and how to learn and memorize and how to speak. So please make sure you check all that out. So there you go. So God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.